Okay, so that completes 20 minutes of meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and join me in the third step prayer. We're going to slow it down as usual and do it one breath at a time with a a few breaths in between each line to actually take a few breaths to do what it's asking us to do and to not do what it's asking us to not do. So for me, the first line of the prayer is the word God. I breathe in God. And I take a few breaths and I continue calling for me inwardly into this thing that we call God or higher power, infinite intelligence. And I just take a few breaths and I call to it like I would call to a friend to get them to look in my direction or to become present with me. breathe out the next line of the prayer. I offer myself to thee. And I make that declaration to whatever connected connection I've made in the first breath. And I take a few breaths and I make sure that I am committed to that. That I am committed to making, to, to, uh, offering myself to my higher power right now. And I breathe in to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I take a few breaths and I try to see if I could get a sense or a feeling some kind of knowing of what God's will might be for me right now, right here, today, what it might want to do with me or build with me today. And I breathe out the next line. Relieve me of the bondage of self. take a few breaths and I try to get a sense of what it might feel like or sound like or be like right now if I had no story no old ideas no opinions no bondage of self I may better do thy will. And I take a few breaths and I think about how much better I might be able to do God's will if I was relieved of the bondage of self.
and I breathe out, take away my difficulties. Sorry about that. And I take a few breaths and I think about my day so far, this day, the one I'm in today. And I think about what have been my difficulties? What has gotten in the way of me being the man that I think that my higher power would have me be today? Or the woman or the person? breathe in, that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths, and I think about the people I might come in contact with the rest of today and how I might affect those people if I truly was an example of God's power and God's love and God's way of life. And I breathe out the last line of the prayer. May I do thy will always. And I smile, and I picture myself doing God's will right now, right here, always. And whenever you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. Take a moment now with your breath. Connected to your breath, take a moment and allow yourself just to be conscious that seeing is happening. Try not to get caught up in what you are seeing. <clears throat> just allow yourself to see and allow yourself to watch yourself seeing. so I can't see too good. Okay. Otis, relax. So, um, I'm Randy. I'm alcoholic. What that means for me is that I am allergic to alcohol. I could never, ever drink alcohol again. One day at a time, forever, today, ever. <laughs> Not because alcohol is good or bad, but because my body is allergic to it. <clears throat> the reason I became allergic to alcohol is because I have a disease called alcoholism. It's a disease that talks to me in my own voice. And it manifests in my life as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. And because of that mind... Because that mind has been the power for my life for most of my life, keeping me in a state of restless, irritable, and discontent. Because of that mind, I had to drink alcohol. 
for me, alcohol was the best, easiest to get over-the-counter treatment for what was wrong with me. For me, alcohol quieted my mind instantly. It allowed me to be present in the moment. It allowed me to believe that I was funny, handsome, tall, good dancer, smart, good businessman. <laughs> it gave me courage or made me fearless. Alcohol did all that for me. That's why I drank it. That's why I drank it over and over and over again. And I became allergic to it and I can't drink it anymore. And so I come to Alcoholics Anonymous and they tell me, just don't drink one day at a time. And I do that for a while and it feels really good. And I have the experience of not drinking. And and for a guy who drank all the time and at the end it wasn't pretty anymore because of the allergy, because of the blackouts and the crashed cars and the trashed relationships and the need for more alcohol and more alcohol and more alcohol and never being satisfied even with or without the alcohol. Now all of a sudden I didn't have the pain of the hangovers and the trouble of the alcohol behavior and it felt pretty good and I liked it. And so I kept going to meetings and, uh, and I had surrendered. I had a surrendered mind. I had a quiet mind. I was willing to do whatever my sponsor said and whatever people suggested in meetings. And I did my job and I was grateful to have it. And I was grateful that I still had a girlfriend and everything was really nice for a period. And then slowly my mind started talking to me again. And it started like this. Oh, you're sober six months. Maybe it's time they appreciate you better at work. I don't think they appreciate you properly. And now you have eight months. Maybe that girl that you're still with, maybe she was better for when you were sick and now you're so healthy. Maybe you need a healthier one. And then it talked to me about my job and my work and my parents and my friends and AA. Maybe you don't need to go to so many meetings. You know, there's a lot of sick people in those meetings. You haven't drank now for a year. You're better-ish. Maybe you don't need to go to so many meetings. And it started talking to me again. And I started talking back to it and having a relationship with the disease. And as I did that, I became more and more restless, irritable, and discontent until with two and a half years of sobriety, I pretty much daily wanted to kill myself. And I thought it was because I had picked the wrong girl, I had picked the wrong job, I had picked the wrong boss. My parents were absolutely positively the wrong parents for me. Uh, the place that I lived was not good. <laughs> and. And so I would go to this meeting on Wednesdays. It was a men's stag meeting and everybody there would be so happy. And they'd be patting each other on the back and cheering each other during the meeting. And I thought, oh God, this is so ridiculous. This is terrible. It's excruciatingly painful. None of these people, I don't like any of them and I don't believe any of them like each other either. And I would, and at the end of the meeting, they would say, just don't drink today and you're a winner. And I would go home and I would sit on my bed and I would weep because inside I was not a winner. 
Inside, I was the world's biggest loser. I felt like such a loser. I felt like nothing ever worked out for me. I'm two and a half years sober and I still hate my job. I'm still unsatisfied. Well, I didn't know I was unsatisfied. I just thought that I had, I had the, wrong, the wrong everything, that nothing was right in my life. Had the wrong job, the wrong car, the wrong place to live, the wrong girlfriend, the wrong everything. And I believed it because it was me. It was my mind, my voice that was telling me these things. And I hadn't had enough experience to see that when I listen to my mind and it tells me things like you need a new car and I believe it and I believe it and I start looking for new cars and I spend six months obsessing about a new car and I have to have one. And then I finally just go and buy one. So my mind will shut up about cars and that same mind in that same voice turns on me and says, why did you buy a car? You didn't need a new car. Your old car was fine. Now you have a huge car payment. You're an idiot. And that's alcoholism. That's the unsatisfiable mind. Even when I do exactly what it told me to do in my own voice, it then turns on me and says, why'd you do that? What's the matter with you? And that pain is even more excruciating than the pain of thinking that I need a new car. The one after I buy the car. And now it tells me I'm an idiot for buying it. That one's way more painful than needing it. Anyway, this disease needs a treatment. My mind needs a treatment. I need more than not drinking. Not drinking is fantastic. It allows me to be, it allows me to have a chance at having a, a life. A, a life where drinking isn't necessary. AA is, or, or AA and the 12 steps is a way of life where drinking isn't necessary. It's not a way to stop drinking. There's no instructions for not drinking, how to not drink in, in the big book. It just says, we, the, the instruction for not getting drunk today is don't take the first drink. That's it. If I don't take the first drink, I will not get drunk today. If I do take a drink, there's no telling where that's going to go. There's no telling because of my allergy to alcohol. But I can't drink alcohol ever again successfully today. But my mind tells me I need to because it can't stand what's happening in the day that I'm in no matter what when things are going good and when things are going bad. When, when they're going good, they're not good enough. When they're going bad, they're just so bad. And it's always looking for a reason to go drink some alcohol, to, to treat. To that, and that is the same mind, by the way. It's the same mind as the buying a new car mind, but even worse. Because that mind says, oh, this hurts so bad, you should drink. You, you, you're, you should drink. This is terrible what's happening to you. It's terrible. Whatever it is, you lost some money, you lost a, a partner, you lost a job, you lost a business, you lost a house, you lost a car, you lost something that your mind is telling, that I lose something that my mind is telling me this is terrible. And then it tells me I should drink. And then if I drink, oh, then it's now it's on big time about why'd you drink? You are such a loser. 
and, and it starts all over again. So, so right now, I get to admit I'm a complete defeat at being okay in this moment with my mind, with my self-talking mind, with alcoholism as the power for my life. And I'm a complete defeat at being okay in this moment, no matter what I get or don't get. And that my life, my thought life, my inner life, what goes on inside of me is unmanageable. I can't manage it. I don't know when my mind is going to tell me. I don't know what day it's going to be when my mind tells me I'm going to need a new car. But it's coming. And I don't know what day it is that my mind's going to tell me I need to get a divorce. But it's coming. And it's unmanageable. It could, it could be triggered by almost nothing. And so my thought life, I have to become aware that my thought life is unmanageable. The way that my mind talks to me is unmanageable. And I do not have the power to even practice positive thoughts. I love the idea of the power of positive thinking. I love that idea. If I could do it, I would do it. But I don't have a positive mind. The alcoholism is a fault-finding, opinionated, unsatisfiable mind. It'll find fault with thinking positive. <laughs> and there's a thing in AA, uh, do contrary action. Just take contrary action. Listen, if it means I'm going to go to a meeting instead of a bar, that's good contrary action. But the problem with the alcoholism is, is that it's way smarter than that. So it'll contrary your contrary action. And it'll tell you, uh, it'll double negative you into doing what it wants you to do by taking contrary action. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said yours. I wasn't talking about you. I'm talking about me. My disease, the disease of alcoholism is cunning, baffling, and powerful in my life. And if I try to practice contrary action, it will, it will give me the contrary idea to the action that it would like me to take. Just saying, that's me. I hope it's not you. I hope that you can practice positive uh, self-talk and, and that you can change your life that way. What I practice is what it says in the second step. I practice rightly relating myself to my higher power. I practice telling my higher power, hey, God, my mind's telling me I need a new car. What do you think? What do you think? You think I need a new car? And then I pause and I wait for an answer to build with me and to do with me as it will. Today I've been practicing, and I've been doing this meditation that we do since the very first AA, the very first AA meeting I ever went to over 34 years ago. It was an 11-step meeting, and I went every Tuesday night for about six weeks, and I got drunk every Tuesday night after the meeting, by the way. So I'm not saying it was a great meeting or not, but but... I don't think it had anything to do with the meeting. But I've been doing this breathing in and breathing out and counting to 10 and back with my eyes closed for 34 years. 
It's only occurred to me in the last 24 hours to do that with my eyes open as a way of life, no matter what I'm doing. So I'm bringing that meditation into my life everywhere I go now. I did it in the shower. I did it after the shower. I did it while I was getting dressed. I did it while I was setting up the computer to do the meeting. And what I found for myself was it was much quieter in my mind, in my mind, in my self-talking mind was much quieter by staying conscious of my breath going in and out of my body and by counting to 10 and back instead of singing the same two lines of a song with every in-breath and every out-breath because I can't remember any of the other words from the song. I do that a lot. Or talking to myself about work or money or jobs or cars or anything else besides doing what I'm doing right now. When I, I've, what I found for myself today was the more I breathed and the more I counted, the more I was able to stay present with whatever it was I was doing. So I'm going to stop talking now. I have it. Uh, I, I appreciate you all. I appreciate you being here with me today. I couldn't wait to get to this meeting and meditate with you all today. And uh, it's like that every single Wednesday. I love this meeting and I love seeing your faces. And you, uh, you open my heart. You really do. All of you. So um, we're going to open the meeting now. The um, I record these meetings and we play them on, we make them available on a Spotify account and some other, uh, 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 what's that called? Podcasting websites, I guess. Uh, but you'd kind of have to know who I am to find them. So they're not really public, but anyone that found it could listen to it. So if you don't want to be recorded, you can tell me before you share and I'll stop the recording. And Michael, you're up. Thanks, Randy. Um, thank you so much for your service. Um, what a gift these meetings are for me. Uh, the group meditation made a difference in, uh, in allowing me to align myself with my higher power as well. Um, I've been meditating like you, Randy, for many, many years, and it's a, uh, it's a practice that saves me. But there's something about doing it in a group that's very, very special to me. Also, um, you know, principles and application has really uh, stepped up my uh, my entire process. Where um, being able to um, accept the fact that um, this is a mind power disease, and I wake up every day with it untreated. And what this um, what this um, philosophy does for me, or if you want to call it that, but uh, principles and application lets me know that I have today, and it's up to me to use the tools and treat and treat it. Um, by, again, second step stuff, um, the beauty of the third step, the third step prayer, and ultimately, you know, the 11th step, which lets me continue that practice on a daily basis, give myself a break, stop the noise, and understand that I have to forgive myself. I can't help the fact that I'm an alcoholic and an addict. That's who I am. However, this allows me to um, live the life I want to live. Um, and it's by um, quieting the noise. It's by getting out of my own head and doing even the smallest thing for someone else. 
So I just want to let you know, Randy, how much I appreciate you, Annie, and all that do service in this meeting. Um, you've made a huge difference in my process. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Michael. Great to see you. Wow. The meeting's open if you'd like to share. It's your turn to share now, my turn to listen. Oh, sorry. The, the meeting's open, and if you raise your hand, we'll call on you. And Tasha. How about now? Can you unmute Tasha? Safely? You're still muted. I'll give you a, here, I'll try again. How about now? There you go. Okay, I, thank you, sorry. I think I was pushing the button. Anyways, kind of like two people at different sides of the hall don't help each other on the light. <laughs> anyways, um, uh, Tasha, I'm an alcoholic and, um, and I'm so okay. grateful for this meeting. It's just at the perfect time for me. Um, it feels like, I mean, what do I know? But um, it's nice to be able to just be quiet and ask God for help. And, um, you know, I got those puppies, <laughs> those little gifts the other day, and then I think they might be coming down with Parvo. And last night I was over the road, and I felt so helpless. You know, I nothing I could do. And um, and that feeling, is, is that's one of those feelings that I don't, it, it, I have words for it now, the helplessness and so on and so forth, but I didn't have words for it before, and that's something to drink over. I can't fix it. Let me just, I know how to fix it, you know. And um program gives me the solution to go to my God and ask him for help, you know. This program gives me the solution that I don't have to fix the puppies. The puppies are going to be what they're going to be. I need to ask God what he wants me to do now. What steps do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do? And um, direct my thinking, God. Give me your wisdom. And and then do something else. Not sit there and wait for it. I, be particular, personally for me, I don't do good sitting on the couch waiting for God to fix me. Because I start tapping my foot. <laughs> Hurry up! <laughs> but thankfully, you know, I can go do something else. Um, and so help somebody and then you know, these intuitive thoughts come to me, and peace comes to me. And I start being able to make some decisions as the decision is warm, you know, like it's time to make the decision, just the next uh, indicated thing. And I have peace. Last night I was, I was gifted with peace. This morning I was gifted with peace. And, um, and the ability to make decisions that I don't, I don't end up with a gut feeling that feels like I did it wrong. And I'm so grateful for that. And that's because of my relationship with God. That's because I know that no matter what, puppy's okay, me okay. I mean, life or death, it just doesn't matter. It does, none of it matters. Just what do you want me to do right now, God? And, it, I'm, and everything's okay. Sometimes things are uncomfortable, you know. Um, but I'm just so grateful. And then to have this meeting, I literally just turned on the, the street, the, my street, you know. And so there's some decisions I would think that might happen in my very near future. And I got to have some quiet time. And remember, I'm a child.
call the gods, and I'm okay no matter what. So thank you for this meeting. Thanks for the timing. <laughs> I love you guys. Thanks, Dasha. Nice to see you. Okay. Georgie. Hi, I'm Georgie. I'm an alcoholic. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Yeah. Um, I I know you always say like, oh, I always said the same, like you always said the same thing and like blah, blah, blah. But honestly, I need to hear it like every single time because I need to remember that my body is allergic to alcohol. And, you know, just because I've got X amount of years, it doesn't mean that I'm immune to it anymore. And I keep forgetting that because it's just, I'm okay being around around it at this point and it 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 just looked so civilized <laughs> when other people were doing it you know recently and then I was like oh yeah then you end up in a in a mental hospital mm, probably not the best idea and um you reminded me of uh you know I can think myself paranoid I can think myself miserable and all that stuff and and I was just like yeah, but how do I get out of it? Because, yeah, I will never be satisfied with anything, you know. And uh, and then you said, oh, yeah, you can just say, like, God, what do you think? And I, and I just totally forgot that that's how easy it is. <laughs> I just thought, like, you know, you need to have some kind of degree in, like, spiritualness. <laughs> but um, really, it's, it, it's just that simple. And I remember when we used to do that two minutes of rightly relating uh, that was really good, and so by you saying that, you know, just like, what do you think? It it really reminded me, uh, and uh, I'm going to use it. So thank you. Thanks, Georgie. Good to see you. Okay. Next is Lady M. Hi, I'm Grace Falcolic. I have a little bit of laryngitis. Oh. Be super quick. Um, I I'm like 75 days of sobriety. Um, first I want to echo what this, what the lady prior said that, like, you might say the same thing every time, but I remember the first time was not this most recent sobriety date, but I remember the first time that I heard you say unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that is always in a hurry, easily frustrated, can't stand the word no. It was the Saturday night after I got home from treatment. And I just shared about this the other night that I I thought my depression and all that fault finding stuff was like its own issue. And I thought that my drinking was because of that, you know, and anybody who had my life would drink the way I did. Mm-hmm. And when I heard you, I didn't hear it all the way. I was just like, oh, that is me. That's me. Whatever he just said, that's me. And I and I sought you out and I found your podcast and I listened to it all day, every day. And, you know, I don't want to deify you. You, you know, your message, right, was really what was changed my life um, and kept me in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous because it is my mind it wasn't my drinking and I drank for three years and I'm 38 years old. And so it was clearly not enough to put down a drink because it didn't start with the drink. Um, so yeah, keep saying it, whatever, <laughs> not you, it's God, but, um, you know, 
maybe somebody's going to hear it for the first time, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, I've shared in this meeting before that I've been really scared about like work and that I've had a really hard time letting God into that, you know, um, affair, right? That part of affairs. And it's like, I can't understand all the good things that happen after I just open the door a little bit. I like redid my resume a little bit and I sent it out a little bit and I got interviews. Yay. And I'm like, I'm in shock. Um, and then, you know, and I share, I share about it at the podium and I talk about that I'm a physician and you know, I shared about it last night after a man who was a lawyer and lost his law degree, right? Because of his drinking and now he works in recovery. And I just shared about how meaningful it was to me to have another professional talk about a redemption in their professional life and how they are of service. And after the meeting he comes to me and he's like, I need you to be a medical director. He's like, I need you. And I just, like was flooded with disbelief and gratitude. I'm like, I was like, God is working in my life. I'm like, I don't even understand. I didn't let him into that part. Like I just let a little open the crack and he just like flooded in. And I, I wanted to share that because it was some, at some point in one of these meetings that my heart opened up a little bit. It was, I can't remember which day, but it was pivotal. And I, and I, and I have gratitude for you guys, for all the people who make this meeting, because the rest of my service life is going to be a part of this, mm. this meeting. Mm. Um, and lastly, I'm, I'm insane about my husband. All these good things are happening, and I'm meditating and all this stuff. And yet, I'm like fighting with him. <laughs> and it's cringing. But I know that this program is it permeates, it does permeate all my affairs. And when I open up myself a little bit, the miracles happen for me too. Thank you so much, Randy. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. All right. Didi. Hi, uh, my name is Didi. I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict. Hi, Didi. I know. Uh, I wasn't going to share because I feel like I don't have my shit together today. <laughs> like somebody used to say, I have my shit together. I just forgot where I put it. So anyway, I kind of lost it on my way over to the meeting. Oof. Uh, I love, love what you said about the uh, power of positive thinking. If I could do it, that double negative kind of thing. I kind of understood it. And I was laughing. I'm like, okay, like, you know, um, because I, I was at a store today and um you know, people are, are, you know, before we kept our distance at the store, you know, and they had like the little dots where you could stand, you know, and all that shit. And, but somebody wasn't paying attention to the dot today. You know, mm. there was, a, you know, they, they was, they were in the wrong dot to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And it was crazy. I was like, looking at her, like, and looking at the dot, looking at her, like, you know, don't, and I was, I, I, I heard this voice that said, what story are you building? Mm. You know, and it was great. I'm like, the story that she should go to the other dot and, <laughs> you know, and I moved, <laughs> I moved. I, I wasn't afraid, you know, and, and 
it wasn't it wasn't every it wasn't nothing that I'm afraid of getting COVID or anything like it was more like she's not doing what I think she should be doing. And I'm gonna let you know how you shouldn't be doing that. And anyway, then after that I was like, you know, oh my God, I'm a failure at even trying to be with God and blah blah blah. And uh Anyway, uh, I, I also like when when uh, Otis, that's your dog, mm-hmm. Otis, yeah, when he came in and you, they were saying the third step prayer, take away my difficulties, and he barked and I said, yes, that's what. So anyway, I have a dog in my lap, my dog right now, because, you know, so I'm going to pray to him to take away my difficulties. Uh-huh. Like maybe, you know, maybe I need to get a new higher power. Mm. It's called Nico, <laughs> because... Oh, my sponsor always say, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and say, not guilty. Mm. Because, you know, on days like this, I feel like, uh, anyway, you know what? And also my sponsor, one time I was complaining to her Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God, I, you know, I feel so crazy. And I was downstairs and she said, I want you to go back upstairs and turn the AC on. And I didn't know what the hell had anything to do. But anyway, I have my AC off. And I'm pretty sure as soon as I turn it on, my feelings will change. Because mm-hmm. I'm just humid, tired, and all that. You know, so uh doesn't have to be analyzed that much. Anyway, it's so great to be here. I was running it. I saw it was 5 to 2. To two and I said, oh, I could do the meditation. My head said, meditation? You don't need that shit. You just need to, like, exercise. And I'm like... Well, do I feel any better? I don't know, but I'm glad that I share. I, I, you know, I'm pretty sure now that I finish sharing, I'm going to have Shane share. Oh, that was like such a bad share, you know. That's fucked up, Didi. And you're 38 years sober. 39 almost. Anyway, fuck that shit. Excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. I get a little upset when I get angry at myself. So anyway, it's good to be here. I'm going to shut up before you, you know, kick me out of the meeting for profanity. So thank you. Thank you, Didi. You said uh, some one of the most amazing things. You said, I'm a complete defeat at being a complete defeat. And that is when the complete defeat is complete. <laughs> I am a complete defeat at being a complete defeat because everything in me wants to be the power for my life. I want to read the right books. I want to go to the right meetings. I want to learn the right tricks so that I can trick God into doing what I want it to do. And I'm a complete defeat at being a complete defeat. I can't even do that. All right, Johnny, you're up. Johnny, alcoholic. Hi, Johnny. Hi, Uh, good to be here with you guys. I had a good meditation and uh, Thanks for your welcome to the newcomers and uh, thanks for your lead, Randy. The identification, Lady M talked about it, the identification is so complete that it's shocking, Hmm. you know? Um, Self wants to believe that it's negative self-talk is so unique, is you one of a kind, individually defiant, that I'm the only one whose mind 
talks like this, and in addition to everything you talked about, and I don't know if your mind uh, does this, but I have so much shame. Mm. It's so self-abusive and mm. self-hating mm. uh, that it's unsatisfiable with itself. It's never good enough. Mm. There's no possible way <laughs> that I could ever be good enough for me. Mm. It's really rough. Mm. And the longer uh, I stay here, the more I need to have God's help. The more I need When I first was introduced to the 12 and 12 step one, I thought that's it. All I got to do is admit complete defeat. Mm -hmm. That's it. Oh, good. All I got to do is admit complete defeat. There is a 0% chance that I will ever admit complete defeat. So the thing that I must have to live this life and these steps with peace I can't possibly achieve on my own power mm -hmm. I have to have God's help mm -hmm. but what I can do is enter AA and make an inquiry as to what is this absolute humili humiliation that seems that turns out to be the bedrock of a happy and purposeful life Entering AA now, this is the first thing I can do, is turn my attention away from all of the th things that self, the mind, wants to ruminate on. And ruminate is a great word because it's not just about thinking, it's about my inner feeling life. My mind, my talk is not very loud but my feeling life is and right now I'm, I've been in the barrel for uh, about a, two weeks mm. and I, I'm under this false belief that however I feel right now I'm always going to feel like that mm -hmm. and that is an absolute lie mm -hmm. This too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And I have a program. And sometimes I need to be really patient. Mm -hmm. And in those times, I work the best program I've ever worked because not I'm not just counting from you know, I'm pray I'm in virtually constant prayer. <sighs> And that doesn't always change the feelings in this body, but it's going to be okay. And I know I'm not my mind. I am not my mind. And right now I solely intellectually know that, but I take great solace in that, that truth exists and that this too shall pass and nothing as is anywhere near as bad as the body wants to 
claim <laughs> that it is. So uh, for those that are new, this identification is the most important thing. Listen for the similarities, not the differences. When I see I'm the same as you, when I see that my mind, I have the same mind as Randy or whoever leads the meeting, I have a common problem and then I can agree on a brotherly common solution to that problem and that's 12 steps and a power. So uh, thanks for keeping this space open for us, uh, Randy and Andy and everyone. I appreciate it. Thanks, Johnny. Paul. Hi, I'm Paul. Uh, I have an acute case of chronic alcoholism today. And uh, yeah, Johnny, it's common mind, common problem. I hear you definitely relate. It, it does help. <clears throat> Knowing that um, I don't have a unique disease yet, I do. I have customized my disease to uh, because I'm special. You know, I can't have your disease. My disease is worse, so I have to make mine special. And the way I was doing that, <clears throat> have been doing that, with some outside help, I, I must say, is um, I'll start off with the meditation today. So last week I mentioned on this meeting, I believe it was on Wednesday, that uh, I had gotten a blood test result of a high PSA score for prostate trouble. And um, an MRI was set up for the following Monday, this past Monday. Being eager, I thought I should do something on my behalf and try to make that thing sooner. And I thought, of course, my higher power would want me to do this. I didn't bother asking, by the way. I just thought that, sure, I should take this into my hands and see if I can move this up. And I called, and they said, yes, by the way, there's something available on Friday afternoon. And uh, I said, excellent. I went in, and I got it done. And um, a few hours later, just before the end of the workday on Friday, I got, I don't know if everybody has my chart, whatever part of the country you're in, but if you go to the, as a new online portal where you get reports, you can talk to doctors and so on. And I... I saw my, my results were posted, and I saw that um, that the MRI was read on a scale of 1 to 5, with 1 being the most benign and 5 being the most concerning, and mine was rated a 5 mm. uh, for the most likely incident of clinically significant cancer. And now it's 4.15, and I try to start calling doctor's offices. Mm. So, getting nowhere. So what wound up happening as a result of me moving my appointment from this Monday to last Friday was that I had a miserable, miserable weekend mm. of not being able to talk to any professional, any of my professionals. I consulted with other people. A lot of people have anecdotal evidence, and either I've also consulted with some doctor friends who told me what may or may not be done, but they didn't. Nothing could be charted as far as any kind of course of action. Prior to uh, getting the MRI result, I had a call from my yet-to-be-seen neurologist who said, he can have a video conference with you on June 23rd. I said, you have an MRI coming up. I said, yes. 
so I tried to get the um, MRI moved up. And I'm thinking, now I'm in a quandary. People, my general practitioners said, well, you can just keep that. A matter of a week is not going to make a difference at this point. And I'm going back to this whole game of playing, you know, God's will versus my will. I was given this particular appointment with this particular doctor on this particular day next week. But it means that I have to live with my alcoholism, which is in a flare-up as a result of this. I have to live with this alcoholism, acute case, um, for the next for the next eight, seven eight days. So when I got to the meditation, I saw this whole battle that was about to loom in front of me. Because I've been meditating on my own, and it's been for shit, really. And I saw this, you know, and I asked myself the question. Would I rather continue to entertain this, the misery that I've been entertaining for the next 20 minutes? Or would I at least open my mind to the possibility that there could be some relief for part of that time if I rightly relate myself through meditation and using my mantra? And I said to myself, I would have to be an idiot to continue choosing what I'm choosing, which is suffering. Why not give it up for a while? Nothing's, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be, um, what should I say, um, remiss by not worrying for 20 minutes. And I was actually able to meditate. And I really, and I, and I, and I really, after the whole backstory I just gave you, I really want to give um, my two cents in, on the value of meditating with this group or any group really and how much more power there is in it for me than to just sit on my own even though I know others are meditating in the world. The fact that we all do meditate together um, really, really does mean a lot to me and I know you say it Randy but I just I feel it very strongly right now and I just want to say it and say thanks to everyone who's here and meditating together. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. And, uh, you know, we're all pulling for you, whatever that is, that it works out in the best possible way. All right. Sonia. Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Sonia. I'm an alcoholic, and this is such a good meeting. So good. And, Paul, I'm going to say some prayers for you, for sure. I mean that. And um, Didi, I want to say, <laughs> there were two phrases you said that I'm going to keep with me forever, and that's to look in the or you know look in the mirror and say not guilty. I got that so quick. What what that will do. And then the other one you said uh, was share shame. <laughs> it's so awesome. Um, but also, what I wanted to share with everyone, uh, you know, Randy, how you were talking about that book, The Power of Positive Thinking, and how it's just not going to happen up here uh, ever. I wish, but it won't. Um, and, you know, how our only recourse is God. It is through God to rightly relate through God to God in the moment that we need Him, ask Him for His perspective. But there's another piece to it that I read uh, recently, and 
when we limit what infinite God who has made everything really perfect for us, when we start limiting God, God's ability to help us, we just get more negative and we get more negative. And then we're just sitting there in a pessimistic, uh, you know, life, right? Outlook, I should say. Um, and when that happens with me, when I start limiting what God can do for me, I go right into the story, the custom, I think, or personalized story of my reasons why God won't do that for me, right? Um, so I think that's just what I wanted to share is I've been putting myself into, you know, a, to believing <laughs> that God is limitless, right? Without those limits and just kind of going, yeah, yeah this mm-hmm. is going to happen with God. Mm-hmm. And it's really helped. It's really helping me. Of course, it's not all day long. I'll get back in there and, <laughs> you know, just, you know, decide that my mom is permanently ruined my life and all my chances for happiness but <laughs> anyway but thanks you guys such a good meeting randy love being here with everyone thanks, thanks Sonia. great to see you okay so that's everybody that raised their hands it's 12 29 28 um what did i want to say oh a prayer, a little prayer, or a little thought that my sponsor said to me over and over and over and over and over again uh, was, Randy, you'll have this or something better. He said, in God's world, you'll always have this, whatever it is you think you're going to lose, or something better. Because alcoholism always says you're going to have, well, no, it says you're going to lose this, and you're never going to have anything good again. <laughs> That's how alcoholism talks to me. You're going to lose this and nothing else is ever going to work out for you because you're a loser and you should kill yourself. But he would say, no, you're going to have this, this girl, this car, this job, this whatever it is your mind's telling you, you have to have or something better. If I rightly relate myself to my higher power if I do what I feel intuitively guided to do in this moment. And I'm not always going to get it right. It says it in the book. I'm going to pay for this attitude in all sorts of absurd actions. This trusting and relying on God. I'm not going to get it right all the time. And I'm going to do some stupid stuff still. Even thinking, thinking that it's God's will for me. But... Uh, the more that I trust and rely on my higher power, the more I find that the things that come to me were better than anything I could have thought. So now it's 1230. I appreciate you all so much. And I appreciate meditating with you. And I, I probably would not have done it today without you. I would have found other things to do at 11 o'clock today. And so you kept me in the box and I have meditated I've slowed down and I'm connected to right now, I hope, and I'm going to go for this. So with that, we'll, uh, we'll allow, I'm going to, we'll take a moment of silent meditation and then I'll make it so you can unmute yourself and we'll do the serenity prayer together.
Okay, you can unmute yourself if you like. God. God. Grant me the strength to accept the things that I can, the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That was not mine.